At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Chris. And today on the show, our guest is Megan Barrett. Hey, Megan. Hi, guys. Hi, hey, Megan. everybody. Thanks for joining us. Um, for our listeners, you've actually been on the show before. We, you were yeah, a guest yeah, on our live right. show at, at uh, Film Pidea. So thank you for actually officially joining us. We'll get to actually talk to you for the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for out. having me, guys. <laughs> yeah. So can you give our listeners kind of a brief description on yourself and how you got started in photography? Sure. So I got started in photography I'm trying to think how many years it's been. Probably <laughs> six years ago now. Um, and I kind of got into it in a strange way. My background is actually in marine biology. Um, and I was working in a lab um, who, that was studying bioluminescence and fluorescence. And I was doing microscopy imaging. Um, so that was all part of like kind of my undergrad work. Um, and I realized that when I was working in the lab, the most exciting part of my day was actually doing that imaging, not so much, mm. you know, all the science that went along with it analyzing all the data and stuff like that. So from that, I kind of started um, really enjoying doing that imaging and then doing some more stuff like with dive photography and stuff like that. Um, at one point, I had like a big digital rig oh, wow. and then killed like, I don't know, probably seven or eight phones. We're putting them yep. in different <laughs> housings and taking them underwater. And then finally kind of figured out that there was like this camera called the Nikonos that was like, oh, like this is cheaper than killing my phones mm-hmm. and way cheaper than a rig. And it, like I have full control of all of uh, the settings and everything. And so that was kind of my intro into it. And then from there, it kind of went into surf stuff and any any water that I could take film into. And then then I actually started shooting on land after water stuff, which is <laughs> oh, that's kind of weird. Yeah. A weird thing going about it. So and then nowadays, like I pretty much shoot as much as I can, like whenever I can get into the water or any trips that I'm going on or anything like that. Um, but it's something that I love. It brings me a little bit of income, kind of enough to keep me going and keep kind of the habit of buying lots of cameras and way too much <laughs> film and everything like that. Um, but it also like allows me to get in the water every day and spend time with a lot of my friends who all happen to be crazy water people too. So, yeah, so that's kind of what it has come into right now. <laughs> how, so how is it? Ma- is, are you selling prints or 
Is yeah, so okay. yeah, selling prints is where I make all that little bit of money. <laughs> I mean, your work is gorgeous, so I can definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole other world. When you were uh, back to the film Padea, like mm-hmm. when we were there and watching your your talk and all that stuff, it's I always forget about that because I'm landlocked. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not like you guys where you get to see the wonderful, beautiful ocean. I'm stuck in the middle of the country, <laughs> and it's it, it it when you see photographs like that, especially on you know. And all kinds mm-hmm. of beautiful film yeah. stocks. It looked like another world, especially underwater. It's yeah. it's gorgeous. I love I love what you do. Thank you. <laughs> Definitely. Well, that's kind of what I remember. Like my mom saying a couple years ago, and she was just telling me, like she's like, what you are seeing and what you're capturing, like a lot of people don't even mm-hmm. think that that's there. Oh, for so sure. So that's always kind of been a cool part of it for me too. Is just like I've like all of the like kind of images that I have in my head when I get out of the water is me being able to hopefully capture something close to that and then being able to share it with people that either are landlocked or too scared to get in the water or anything. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of a good motivation for me to keep doing it as well. So when you, when you go out, do you have like specific things in mind? Like, do you know when like, okay, I mean, I don't know anything about like, (laughs) You know, is is there like, okay, this time of day, these fish are here or anything like that? Or do you just kind of go and see what you get kind of thing? Or I definitely have shots in mind, yeah. um, oh, cool. especially kind of with underwater stuff. Like I could go out certain times of year when I know that certain things will be there. Um, and then it's like with the lighting and stuff, like different times of day, like uh, sunset underwater is totally insane because the way that the water or the biggest little light hits the water it gets these crazy refraction rays that go underwater mm. so i don't i definitely have like images in mind obviously in an environment like the ocean like it's changing so much that there are things that just like okay that's really cool and it popped up and i'm like okay i would have <laughs> taken an image of that um but i definitely yeah, go in with kind of things that i want to capture i have a lot of images in my head that still i haven't been able to capture and it's sure. be like probably the bane of my existence for the next <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who knows how long but right yeah no definitely go in with ideas and then also kind of just work with the conditions as well do you go in like a scuba diving gear or do you just kind of go with like a snorkel and so i occasionally will go on scuba i haven't actually like put on scuba gear for probably two years um mostly just because it's like you have to like go and fill tanks and like usually like i don't i would never dive without um another person some people feel differently on that Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't personally do that I feel a lot more comfortable kind of just like being able to put a wetsuit on and go and just swim around. And also because I only use natural light, Mm. I tend to like photograph probably underwater, like from sea level down to probably like 15, 20 feet below at the most. Because I don't live in Hawaii, obviously. I'm shooting (laughs) the California coast. and yeah. Sometimes the visibility is pretty good, but a lot of times it's like you're getting like 10, 15 feet of vis. And so what you're seeing and with what light is penetrating it, that's kind of the range you want to hang out in. So yeah, mostly I'm just kind of getting in either with fins and a wetsuit on or same thing with surfing as well. Like it's this where I'm going out with my friends who are surfing and it's easier just to do it with less gear. Right, right, right. (laughs) No, I was just thinking about like the whole scuba gear. I've always been curious of doing that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, doing some deep dives. No, not deep dive, but just, you know, (laughs) breathing underwater Mm -hmm. just sounds so awesome. But also like absolutely terrifying. I don't, (laughs) you know, I would definitely. Well, I think you have to do like certifications and all that stuff to do scuba diving, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would definitely need someone to teach me <laughs> how to do that. I think everyone should do it. It's a pretty yeah. crazy experience. Um, obviously, like 
it's they, you, you definitely left to learn like you go and you do it in a pool first and you're yeah, like three yeah. feet of water and then they let you go in a in the ocean but it's pretty cool i mean it's and it's also like with it just interacting with all of the animals and stuff mm. like that it's pretty cool just to be able to like hang out down there and see yeah. what they're doing um but yeah i think everyone should do it <laughs> at least once <laughs> i feel like it's almost like flying in a way like mm-hmm. like mm. But like underwater with scuba gear. I don't know how. It's just that's <laughs> what I'm seeing in my in my in my mind. Yeah, I, I also wanted to ask you about do you ever get any kind of commercial stuff doing this? Like do you ever Ooh, get yeah. published or anything like like does anything come about from from these um, underwater adventures? I mean like, do you ever get hired out or anything? <laughs> so- <laughs> I don't really like I've like I guess been like offered certain things. I think I'm because it's like something that I really love to do. I'm always super nervous to kind of monetize on it just because oh, I don't want to do yeah. something that that stresses me out. I think if, you know, eventually like a opportunity came along that I couldn't pass up, then yes, um, I might kind of be open to something like that. But I don't know. It's it's definitely something that I kind of go back and forth on. Also, I mean, I work in a different field for my other kind of job and career. So it's yeah. not that allows this to be like my mm-hmm. time for me. Um, and like I said, like I earn a little bit of money. It kind of pays for itself and a little mm-hmm. bit more. Um, that's awesome. But yeah. And for, for right now, that's kind of what I'm <laughs> happy with. Maybe it'll change in the future, but. You could probably yeah. sell, <laughs> sell some photos to like stock photography. Like I could oh, feel like good, I could yeah. like see like see see your work like in a, in like a magazine on an ad for something. Yeah, be, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, I mean, I've like gotten a couple things published. Like I had an image in Surfer magazine a few years ago, and that was oh, that awesome. was pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So, like stuff nice. like that where it's like that's awesome. But yeah, definitely not something that I'm like been like super actively pursuing. I guess yeah. That's great though, because like I can relate to that so much because I I stay as far away as I possibly can from searching out paid work you know like i don't want to be the headshot guy at yeah. that stuff that just puts a puts a sour taste in my mouth for, yeah. for the thing i love so dearly um i actually ended up selling all my all the rest of my digital gear last year because of that like nice, because i just nice. kind of got asked a lot to be like hey can you take like photos of this and like for like good friends like i'll i'll do it like my boyfriend has a digital camera set up if i if it's someone asked me and i don't mind doing it i'll just borrow his stuff and do it but yeah it was kind of one of those things where i was like i don't that that is not something that like is creatively (laughs) engaging Mm -hmm. to me and it I don't really want to be doing that. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to sell the rest of my digital gear and invest in some other stuff. <laughs> it cancels back- that problem out. <laughs> Get a backup Nikonis. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of that camera, yeah, I have... It's around here somewhere. I I have one. I maybe I think I've probably put like one successful roll through nice. this camera. So I have a lot of questions. How long did it take you to? I mean, it's not a difficult camera. I think there's a lot of things that are variables. You know, you're underwater. Yeah. It's zone focus. Yeah. Um, how long did it take you to like to master that camera? I guess is hmm. my question. I think. I mean, I think I got it like down to the point where I was like probably getting. A good amount of images of like what I had that wanted them to actually look like within mm-hmm. a couple months, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, in that first like probably three four months, I was shooting pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, mm. and so yeah, it definitely took a while. Now I kind of have gotten it to the point where like I, 
I'm pretty good with it. Like yeah. <laughs> pretty much like I know I go out in the water. I know what I'm looking for. And obviously underwater, especially with the lens, because I tend to shoot on a 15 millimeter lens, I can kind of get a shot that I am wanting. Surfing is a little more complicated, especially with the zone. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I and I tend to shoot with like an 80 millimeter lens. Um, and so that I do a lot of like, okay, I'm going to sit and hang out and like wait for the surf right. to come to me. <laughs> but I would say, yeah, probably a couple months. Um, and now like six years later, yeah. <laughs> about that, five or six years later, I'm like pretty comfortable <laughs> with it. But it's a weird camera. I mean, it- I think people don't really understand like how strange it is. Like, it it's is. nice to have full control, but yeah. yeah, that zone focusing thing is so weird. <laughs> I know. I, I think I just, I know it. I mean, I've come close to selling it, but then I'm, I'm always like, no, 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 no. This is a good camera. I just <laughs> yeah. need to. No, you hang on to that. I know. I just need to go and get in a pool or go in the ocean and just, yeah. just mess up until I get it right, essentially. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, my a couple of my friends have gotten some like pretty incredible work in, in pools with them. So yeah, yeah. I bet. Because like, I mean, you the water is so clear. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Like every time I see an image from that camera, I was, uh, you know, like especially your work, I'm like, okay, this is a me problem. I just need to <laughs> <laughs> to get back in the water. That's all yeah. it is. Which one do you have? Uh, the V. The V. Okay. Yeah. So that's awesome. It has a nice little meter on it. <laughs> yeah. I had to stop using those because I uh, killed like four of them. So oh, no. now I just use the three. <laughs> no meter, but that means I can't kill it. So that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's funny. I remember you talking about that when you when you did your presentation about how many you went through. Oh my god. <laughs> They're not cheap anymore either. No. Which is totally Brandon's fault from the yeah. Nikonis project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he was saying it was like before he started the project, I think you could get like a five for I think like maybe 50 or 60 bucks. Wow. <laughs> like now if you can get one, like a good clean one for like 350 or like doing mm-hmm. well. So mm-hmm. yeah, he really ruined the market. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes, man. Yeah. That's how it totally. goes. <laughs> uh, so do you, do you take like more than one at a time or do you kind of just like go with one, like one film stock kind of thing? Or are you like one of those like multi-camera <laughs> Because that's how I am. I'm that guy, like, you walking like, around all town them. all the time. Yeah, with, like, six cameras for no reason. <laughs> well, especially if you're going out into the water. You want, you know, yeah. black and white and color <laughs> at least. Yeah. I to go back occasionally, on land. Occasionally, I'll bring two. Um, I've probably done that, like, five times total. Mm-hmm. Just right. Oh, wow, yeah. Especially, like, if I'm going out into waves, it's that's hard to navigate. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's part of the reason I like those cameras is because they are, like, they're manageable. They're small. Yeah. They're, like, heavy. I've, like, almost knocked myself out. Sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's kind of a lot to manage. So, I think when I'm, like, underwater, I think I've probably brought them, like, two out at a time. And I think that was more, like, Brandon gave me a new camera to, like, test out. Um, and I would take it out with the other one and just, yeah, have different stocks in there, but I don't do that on a regular basis. It's no. a little too much for me to handle. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm pretty, like, I go out with the, my like 36 shots and I, I think a lot before. <laughs> right. That's before great. See, I love one. that. I mean, that's, that's why we shoot film. You know yeah. what I mean? Because, yeah. And then there's me who totally defeats the purpose and takes 17 <laughs> cameras with me no matter where I go. Every hey, stock, every format. Stock every- <laughs> in each one, then that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I have that mental battle like every day of my life. Yeah. 
just walking to work every day, I have to have like three cameras with me. Anyway, oh my anyway. God. <laughs> <laughs> your neck and your shoulders might yeah, be oh, sore. It's, at it's all awful. I, I was just complaining this morning about it. I was like, man, my upper back, and it's just my girlfriend's like, yeah, you carry a book bag that weighs like 70 pounds everywhere you go. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forget about that. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, no, I was just going to say, you said uh, earlier when we first started that you've been shooting out of the water. What are you mm-hmm. doing outside of the water now? What, what, what have you been interested in? So so I've been doing like if I kind of look at most of my work from kind of dry land, I guess um, a lot of it is like stuff like coastal, just because where I live, that's where mm-hmm. I live. Um, but I really like shooting the desert. Oh my, yeah, yeah. People always. I was talking to one of my friends, and she was like joking with me that like all of my desert pictures like look like water. Um, <laughs> oh. So you know, wherever I am, even if I'm like completely landlocked, I seem to somehow like kind of bring that into my photography. But no, I just I really enjoy it. Like it's whole different obviously like color palette to mm-hmm. work with so i really enjoy like going out to utah and arizona and mm. um shooting stuff like that um and again like i said like in when i was working in like kind of the more marine bio field the animal aspect of it has also been super intriguing to me so doing kind of more like wildlife stuff on dry Ooh, land cool. is super cool too yeah just out in the desert <laughs> lots of crazy animals and and plants out there to photograph i love that you there can almost is. like put the, the those two bodies of work like side by side you yeah know? and be like yeah. water land <laughs> <laughs> next to sky exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so do you have a, a a favorite film stock for say like water and land are they do you have like do you prefer mm. maybe hectare underwater or i think so i don't ever that's actually funny because I don't ever shoot Ektar underwater. That is a stock that oh. I, I don't like underwater. That makes um, sense. The, it's like, it, it's because it's, I think it's obviously like so saturated. Mm-hmm. Underwater, yeah. the, it gets, you get some weird shifts. Um, so I don't shoot Ektar underwater. So that's one that I don't. Um, underwater, I shoot a lot of Fortra just because I really like the blues mm. that I get from it. And also it's like I tend to like have 160 in my house at all times and I know that <laughs> I can push it a bunch. Um, so like depending on the lighting conditions, it just works really well. I think I shot a like sent off a roll uh, that I like pushed plus three and it like actually worked out really well. I was like, this magic Gotta stock. love po- uh, Portra. Gotta yeah. love Portra. <laughs> exactly. Um, I also do shoot a lot of well not i'm gonna say a lot i shoot ectochrome when i can um mm. get my hands on it and you know spend some money <laughs> yeah to do that um and it's it, that has been like a huge learning curve for me too just because i tend to shoot with the three um no meter and so shooting slide film oh, underwater yeah. is super fun um obviously it's like very <laughs> hit or miss but i've gotten like probably my favorite images ever underwater on ectochrome and it's like when Ooh. it works it's there's really nothing like yeah. it yeah i'm just so glad it's back i know me too right? i think i actually tend to shoot more black and white on land for whatever reason though really oh, yeah okay cool um cool. like that would be something more where i'll be like okay i'll shoot a roll of Actochrome or Velvia, and then I'll like shoot some Delta or something like that. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. I tend to do that more on land, but I most of my black and white work in, from the past few years has been on land for whatever reason. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I I like the contrast of that though because it's funny that you say. I, I remember again, it, everybody always talks about 
you know, pulling film back, like, mm-hmm. to get more, mm-hmm. you know, exposure out of it when yeah. you're shooting it so you're not underexposing because <laughs> color film can get super muddy and weird when yeah. you're underexposing it. And I could, that's, like, my beef with Ektar. Like, you need Ektar on, like, a beautiful sunny mm-hmm. day. And mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine, like, the harsh shadows of being underwater. <laughs> it would just look so, like, gnarly, like, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I love that you push the crap out of film. I remember you saying that during <laughs> yeah. your talk. And I was like, heck, yeah, somebody that, like, has some, you know, has some push in it that, yeah. that's not scared to to go the other direction. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's all, like, how we perceive it and, you know, want to use it. And there is no rule to this. I think we mm-hmm. forget that a lot yeah. with photography that, you know, we have to stick to a certain guideline. Like, you got to pull portrait back to 200 when you're yeah. shooting 400 to get the colors and tones. Just It's like, no, I take my portrait and I push 160 to 1600. Like, yeah. I don't care. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, I will go That's for crazy. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I probably did that once, but I'm just trying to trying to hammer it in there that it yeah. doesn't matter. You know, you can do whatever you want. There are no rules to this thing. That's no, very true. true. <laughs> Man, sorry, I got all hyped up right there. It's the <laughs> coffee. I'm chugging some coffee right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like that. I think that's cool. Megan, so have you shot in any, have you shot anywhere besi- besides California? Have you shot like in like Hawaii and like super clear water? Um, Not Hawaii yet. I think I'm actually trying to make it out there this summer. I have a bunch of friends Ooh, that I that would be have awesome. been yeah. promising um, to go out there. But I've shot um, in the Caribbean a little bit and then also in Indonesia a couple times. Wow. Um, yeah. So Indonesia is like anytime I can go back there, I will. So that's another place. Maybe this year we're like looking at either Indonesia or Japan for October. So, yeah. What's the water Um, like over there? Oh, it's pretty nice. Is it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, We usually go, uh, there's a little island kind of off the east coast of Bali called Nusa Lumbangan where it just tends to even like on the kind of the more like rainy season or when you get a bunch of these kind of winds bringing in stuff that makes the water dirty on the on Bali that water tends to stay like super clear and blue mm. and it's just I mean it's also like the water is 80 degrees that's always that's nice just, I'm, that's wow. <laughs> yeah I'm used to like having like you know three four millimeters of neoprene on me at all times yeah. so <laughs> being able to just get in the water in a swimsuit especially like going in the winter when I've been <laughs> caught like stuck here in the freezing water yeah. is really nice yeah so that if kind of shot a good amount there but it's obviously it's like i go there for a few weeks at a time and and really enjoy it and then come back here and yeah um but hey i'm pretty lucky to to live here too and especially actually in the winter over here we'll get a couple days where the water in the winter it'll be freezing it drops off and we get like 60 feet of visibility underwater it's like wow. two days a year maybe so but i try and you know <laughs> make take advantage of it yeah yeah tough yeah. it out yeah. man <laughs> that's gotta be so crazy like i always forget about that but when we were you know when we were at the padilla it was my first time in california ever oh, really? so wow. oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm such like a a baby when it comes to traveling but when we went to the bridge to go shoot at the end mm-hmm. of the Padilla the last day, we were just like walking around. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm determined. I'm going down to touch the ocean. I need to just like take it in because the beach was always like my favorite thing when I was a little kid. Because yeah. I grew up on the East Coast, you know, okay. I was three hours away from the beach my whole life and being stuck in Tennessee now. I don't get that. You know, I think our closest beach is like seven or nine hours away or something crazy like wow. that that is mind blowing. And 
when I ran down there and like took my shoes off and put my toes in the water, I was like, it is freezing. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is not what I had in mind <laughs> yeah. when I was going down here. It's like, I don't know how people do that. And there were guys out there surfing yeah. and flying around like it wasn't absolutely freezing cold. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked on a cruise ship as a photographer for a very short time in Hawaii and I, I love the, that the first <laughs> it was not Captain glamorous Chris. yeah um, but I remember the first time I went in the ocean it was 80 degrees and I'm from the east coast oh, of Connecticut wow. so that you know okay. I'm used to cold ocean so when I first yeah. I was like this feels like a pool like yeah. well this is crazy <laughs> if they all weren't like that wouldn't that be nice know, 80 right? degree ocean water yeah, we actually got like a couple of years ago. The water down here got to like eighty one, eighty two degrees. No, like, no kidding. Which is not good. <laughs> no, <laughs> but sure. it was like it was pretty crazy. That lasted for like yeah, a couple of days, and it was like, well, oh, this is bathtub water. Yeah, yeah. yeah. oh yeah. We had all these like crazy animals. There was like whale sharks showing up and other <gasps> fish. Oh yeah, all this good stuff. They're like, my habitat has ex- expanded. Jeez, <laughs> uh, yeah. that's sad. <laughs> I know, not good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> man. So, are there any other? I wanted to ask: Are there any mm-hmm. other underwater cameras that you use? Like, mm-hmm. is there, or is it just like a strict like Mykonos? <laughs> like, I don't even know if there's any other that I know that one just because it's so popular, and yeah. I follow you know the Mykonos project and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it's, I just wondered if there was anything else that you used. I underwater. don't. Um, just because I kind of like found it and mm-hmm. like yeah. I said, oh, like yeah, got yeah. to know it really well. But I know, like, there, I mean, there are some, like, other kind of crazy cameras. Like, I know some people that shoot, like, weathermatics and stuff like that. I feel like um, I've heard that name, too. Yeah. yeah. But I think also, like, a lot of the cameras that were made for, like, water sports and underwater stuff are all just, like, kind of more point and shoots. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like to have, like, full control of everything. Yeah, everything. yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's also, like, kind of why I stuck with it. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I can shoot exactly <laughs> what I want and, and yeah. you know, decide what I'm looking for and then, and then take the photos. So, I yeah, I think... I'm trying to think if I like ever even in the beginning like I had like I said like kind of some digital stuff in the beginning that was short-lived um but once I kind of started shooting with the Nikonos that was kind of what I what I stuck to (laughs) yeah yeah I mean whatever works it's like a paintbrush kind of thing you know if you find your your groove yeah I was just curious because I I know you know there's eight million trillion cameras out there (laughs) and you know every time I think I know them all like 10 more pop up and I'm like I didn't know that existed come on yeah but yeah Yeah. I was just curious about that I have the the can the canon a1 point shoot Mm -hmm. that I took out I didn't go underwater actually I did no I'm totally lying I did go underwater with it but then um I, when I got back home, it like locked up, and I was like, "Oh, maybe this isn't oh. fully <laughs> supposed to go underwater." So I just kind of like yeah. left it out in the sun and was like, "Let's see if this makes it come back." <laughs> and it did; it came back oh. to life. Oh, awesome. nice, nice! So, That's awesome. Yeah, th- and I got some um, some pretty decent shots. Nothing too crazy, but for yeah. point shoot, it did it did an okay job. Yeah, no, I mean, they a lot of them are really, really good cameras, and it's just like awesome that they. Are, I mean, they're all from like decades and decades mm-hmm. old, and mm-hmm. they all. A lot of them still work, which is pretty impressive. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. You don't find that anymore with no. with some of the digital mm-hmm. stuff, but. No. And I I just really enjoy that because like I've I've used a water housing before like mm-hmm. on a digital camera for some shoot that was I was just like working on with somebody yeah and I couldn't imagine like lugging something like 
giant like that around and getting your hands in there and yeah it's just yeah. it seems like so much work i I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I i can see why you know it's almost like a point and shoot having the well how do you is it nikonos 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 like i, I, I never know Ni- how to nikonos <laughs> nikonos okay um, okay some people call it a nikonos Nikonos. I, I mean, it, it is a like Nikon bought the camera, so mm-hmm. I, I assume that it has like something to do. Yeah, <laughs> with Nikon. The name, but yeah. yeah, no, people all say it completely. Different. Yeah, every time somebody they they say it differently. Every time yeah. I hear, that's okay. It's, it's like a, it's a, like a weird Yashica. like Greek sounding word. <laughs> yeah, Yashika, Yashika. Exactly. You know, there's there's exactly. tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, I've never shot in those those housings I, mean, I can imagine those are pretty terrible to i mean how do you t- adjust your expo you have to like come back up and adjust and go back down and um for a lot of them i think they actually i mean they have like do have full control it's like basically yeah. like your price range just goes up for how oh, much I control see. that you want mm-hmm. i do know that there's these guys i'm trying to think where they're from i think they're might be australian um but their names are i think ian and eric rainyard and they ended up um housing a Polaroid, like oh, so um, you should look. Guys should look up those images. I think their Instagram was like just shooting stuff or something like that. There's some of my favorite images. That basically they went to Morea, so in um, French Polynesia, and shot just these like incredible black and white images. Oh. Um, but yeah, with a with a housed Polaroids <laughs> going like Man. up and down and up and down and up and down and up Whoa. and down. But like these really really beautiful images. So my in my dreams, and you know someday I hope. Um, that I can do this. I ha- so I'm when I'm shooting medium format. Usually I'm shooting a Pentax six seven. So in my wildest dreams, when I have uh, endless amounts of money, which you know, <laughs> that'll happen, um, I do. I would like to house that camera. Yeah, that um, would be amazing. Oh yeah. goodness. But you know that. So someday, hopefully, because um, I have so many images in my head. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Want to make with that camera? So. You need on a large someday. negative. Yeah. <laughs> Blow it up like on a wall. Yeah. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> someday. <laughs> so have you thought about doing any type of publications, like a book or anything like that? So I like that's kind of funny. I <laughs> am moving, like I said, um, up to the nor- Northern California, and I've lived down here um, in San Diego for about almost eight years now. So I've in like the last couple of months have come, kind of been thinking about an idea. And so it's like starting to come to fruition a little bit. Mm. Um, basically, it will be kind of all of my images that have been my favorites, um, specifically from La Jolla, because that's kind of where I tend to spend most of my time in the water. So yeah, so I'm working on that right now. It's like very, it's very much in the beginning stages because I have no idea, you know, where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the work yeah. that it takes to like lay out a book. And uh-huh. like I've been like kind of like sending out some emails just to people that I think would work as far as, you know, printing it and stuff like that. So it's in the works, but I have no idea what the timeline is going to be. That's exciting. Yeah. Take your time. Um, It'll be worth yeah. it. Yeah. But yeah, I was just like, that was kind of an idea I came to just because I was moving and it was like, this has been like such a huge yeah. part of my life in general, but my photography and like de- my development as a photographer. Um, so I kind of wanted to pay homage to that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it's such a good <laughs> So I'll keep bookend. you guys updated. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, let sure. Us know, keep us please. posted. Yeah. yeah. Anything we can do to help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I would love to have something like that on my coffee table. Yeah. Good to know. (laughs) 
So you said you you do sell prints and stuff. Do you mm-hmm. do any sort of like shows? Do you ever do any like Ooh, yeah. art crawls or gallery exhibits or anything crazy like that? I had a show up in Laguna um, for a few months uh, last year um, with a photographer named Mark McGinnis. And that was kind of like my first show that I did. Yeah, yeah. It took me a really long time to kind of <laughs> with my color work, basically like I've done like done some dark room printing with my black and white but my color work it took me a very long time to find a printer that i was happy with sure so i like finally found someone and that's actually when i started selling prints as well it's like okay i found a printer that i really liked like and so that kind of held me up but I have like a couple of people that I'm talking to right now in terms of, of shows too, but I think I'm a little too picky with, uh, for my own good in terms of like printing my work, <laughs> to my work, which I'm sure you guys understand. It's mm-hmm. like you, oh, 100%. you work so hard for something that's like you want it to like really be right. when it's printed what you're imagining. But that show last year was a really cool experience. Just kind of getting to talk to people. It's it like really got me out of my comfort zone yeah. <laughs> just talking to people that I didn't know about it and like kind of trying to like I very much kind of try and stand behind my work and be like look my work it's speaking for yeah. itself <laughs> yeah. but it was a really really good experience just to like actually interact with people and and be able to communicate with them about it so hopefully yeah there'll be more in the future who did you end up using as a printer um Richard Photo Lab in yeah. LA yeah and I like do it all on like fine art prints and they do a beautiful yeah. job. Yeah. <laughs> I bet one of your work would look awesome like on a metallic print. Ooh, that sounds, yeah. I haven't done that before. <laughs> like or a metal print or something mm-hmm. like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, people do those like crazy like fisheye wave photos on on some metallic mm-hmm. prints and they're mm. nuts. So yeah, I know I need to experiment a little bit more now that I'm done with all of my school stuff. I can like <laughs> there you go. Spend <laughs> you some more breathe. time figuring yeah, all breathe. that out. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like seeing your stuff like hanging on a wall yeah. and being able to be like, Yeah, and I took this on, <laughs> you know. Blah, blah, blah. It's fun. I, I like doing that. We have a we have like a week, uh, what is it, first Friday art mm-hmm. crawl down down here. And I try to save it for the summer months because they're more popular and it's 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 more people, more turnout, yeah. more fun, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I like to do that in the summertime, which is I should probably start gearing up for that and figure out what I want to do. I like to try to keep it a theme yeah. when yeah. I do it. And there's just something fun about it, especially if you do like big big ass prints like the one the one year i did like big newspaper prints and they were they were really cool it's just like newspaper prints from some like weird etsy shop thing that i found and (laughs) they came out really neat i mean they don't look anything like the picture looks because it's on newspaper and it's not the best printing but it still looked pretty cool it's just fun to it's fun to figure stuff out like that there's so many things you can do after you take the photo you know what i mean you can make a book or do Mm -hmm. prints or you know I'm excited. I'm excited for your your book. I would like to see. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's just something about the abyss that's so like alluring to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I feel like right now. I'm like perched up there being like, yeah. okay, <laughs> you know, like, throw myself in there and <laughs> yes, try and yes. get it done. <laughs> we'll be right back with some listener questions from Megan right after this message from our sponsor. Support for Analog Talk also comes from Polaroid Originals. Go to PolaroidOriginals.com and use the offer code ANALOGTALK10 at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. All right, guys, this is part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And we're actually going to take two for Megan. So the first question (laughs) comes from Neil. He asked, how do you pick out good Nikonos cameras when looking at used gear? 
All right. So my um, first recommendation would be um, if you're comfortable with not having a meter, mm. I would stay away from uh, fours and fives, especially fours. Fours tend to break in, like immediately. And I don't know. It was like the first one that Nikon like redesigned. Mm. Um, and I think they just kind of threw it out there and then realized all the stuff they need to fix and then made the five and the five is much better. But because it has electronics, obviously it does yeah. tend to, you can get it and it can look totally fine on the outside. And then you take all those like internal rings out and everything is all messed up. So I would say, yeah, if you can, if you're comfortable not having a meter or you can have like you can buy like little external meters that you can have underwater um that would be my first recommendation and then also just kind of there are a few people on ebay who are like known for selling like really reputable oh, used Nikonos. um narcosis 101 is one of those i've gotten a lot of stuff from them and it's all been really really good the other thing and i was like i'm trying to think if i've actually ever done this brandon with the nikonos product always tells me to do this but i probably should um but there's basically like you can pressure test stuff kind of um i'm trying to think like what actually tells me to do it's basically like you i think use a hairdryer you (laughs) heat up the camera while it's open and you have all your o-rings and then you close it and i think you put it in the freezer (laughs) and something with like with basically (laughs) how the lens stays i think it's like how the lens stays on i mean obviously okay so it's kind of like it's gonna reach it's gonna like sink in and like expand yeah. and okay, I get yeah. it, I get it. That you makes sense. You can tell that I don't do this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, it's always like a joke with all of my like good friends that shoot these cameras because they know that I tend to not. I I don't usually you know go by the guidelines <laughs> taking care of gear on the O-rings and stuff. Like you're supposed to use like silicone grease and stuff mm. like this. That I like end up using like olive oil and sunscreen <laughs> and like whatever else I can find in my car. But because I use like those older ones that are just fully mechanical, they last. They Man, <laughs> survive so all good. of my um, misuse. Um, but yeah, so I would say just like look at uh, kind of the seller's histories and stuff like that. Stay away from the newer ones if you can. But also there are still some pretty amazing people that will take a look at them and pre- pre- pressure check them and stuff like that. It's like few and far between, but they are, they do exist out there and don't do what I do. Take good, good care of your gear. <laughs> take care of it. Take care of it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I actually have a story about Brandon from the Nikonos project. Mm-hmm. When I first moved to LA, that's when I first got this camera. Yeah. And well, I thought it was broken. So <laughs> I was like, can you check this out for me? I got this camera. And he was like, yeah, sure. So he went, shot a test roll, g- got gorgeous photos out of it, was like, sent it back. It's like, looks like it's okay. And I was like, cool, I'm just an idiot. Don't know how to work this thing. Great. <laughs> but yeah, there are people who will help you if you yeah. <laughs> think you know what you're doing and you don't. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I always like I say, like, reach. I mean, Brandon has like a pretty big inventory of cameras mm. at this point. Like, he always is sending them out and stuff, but it's always worth reaching out to him and seeing if he. If he has one, he has a quite a long wait list, but he has a lot of cameras, so yeah. you never know. Get, get on the <laughs> We'd list. love to get you on the show, Brandon, if you're listening. I know. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So question two comes from Sarah Rizzo, and she asks, what are some of the unique challenges of underwater film photography that you often run into? Okay. Um, so most of them have to do with lighting. Obviously, mm. 
lighting changes like pretty dramatically underwater based on where you are in the water column. Um, but again, just like on land, it's also can be like, okay, so your light source is coming from above, but depending on what I'm shooting, when I'm shooting underwater, a lot of things will be like, okay, there's something underneath me. So kind of having the knowledge to be able to shift from like shooting right in along the water column, like, or up in the water column or down in the Mm. water column, that is (laughs) it's a lot to manage and like now like that I've been doing it for years my kind of trust my my knowledge and I can kind of figure out what I need in terms of settings when I'm looking at um lighting conditions but yeah that definitely is is challenging also it's like I a lot of times because like I was talking about about earlier like sunset underwater is so beautiful and so i tend to go and shoot in situations where the lighting conditions are also changing really rapidly (laughs) yeah it Um, does change fast yeah so that is definitely challenging but i think it's that just comes with time like spending time in water just like any kind of photographer you're going to spend time and you'll just get to know lighting conditions Mm -hmm. and then it kind of becomes second knowledge and then you can look at something and know and know how to (laughs) to set up for it but isn't that isn't that crazy how that is like i i laugh i mean do you shoot i I think you say that you mostly shoot like sunny 16 you don't really do like a like a meter you don't have a meter right or do you meter no i don't meter (laughs) that's so crazy like how because i i always joke to myself because i'm always shooting alone i'm always like ha 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 <laughs> f8 at 125 and i yeah. like take a meter reading and it's like f8 at one you know what i mean yeah, you just always yeah, find no, it's, the meter. Yeah. it's so um, crazy when you get to that point that you can just read light like that like yeah. what a great feeling yeah oh, man um and also it's like i unless i am shooting like extra underwater i do tend to shoot color negative and so that i mean gives you a little bit more obviously yeah, like, the latitude of those films it, it it helps but i don't know i always get the question is like is there like a sunny 16 for underwater yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like yes like kind of um there's like a sunny 16 when i know that i'm like shooting in la jolla in 15 to 20 feet of viz five feet underwater that's crazy it, like <laughs> that yes that is like yeah. I'm, and that is obviously like here that's like what the conditions tend to be mm-hmm. like i do usually shoot most of the time it'll be like when the lighting is pretty far overhead or the sun is pretty far overhead and 15 to 20 feet of it is just because that's what we tend to have. Mm. Um, but it is also something that like it changes like constantly, like mm. it'll change by the day and it changes like what the water is doing and everything. <laughs> like, so it's something where you kind of, it's so fascinating. To... I almost can't believe you do it on a meter. <laughs> that's like super impressive. Like not only is it like badass that your work is like, you know, incredible underwater and think, oh, by the way, I don't use a meter. Like, okay, cool. Isn't that great? I yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is, that's also like thousands of shots sure. that I've yeah. blown. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and also that was like why I burned through so many uh, Nikonos 5s because I was like <laughs> learning with the meter and then finally was like, okay, first of all, this is getting very expensive for my bank account. Having right. to buy new cameras every couple months. I need to really like, and, it, and then that's like, what Tim was saying is like, I started kind of like sec- just checking myself and being like, okay, I'm looking at this. What do I think it is? And then when, when I have a meter, I'll check in and usually I'm pretty spot on. So yeah, that was kind yeah. of me getting more comfortable with shooting without the meter. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's it's funny too. Like I started like now I'm starting to realize, you know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, if you get a meter reading and it's like F8 125, like mm-hmm. you can shoot like F11 250 and it's still going to be fine. You're still going to yeah. get an image, you know what I yeah. mean? Like you exactly. still get something and like I always kind of underexpose my shots. Like I for some reason it might just be like a faulty meter or something on mm-hmm. the camera that I usually shoot a little underexposed yeah. or over no, under. Yeah, I always get that confused. Anyway, but uh, it's always a little more darker. It's darker than it yeah. is lighter, you know, and I kind of like that if it's mm-hmm. my vibe that I do. And yeah. like, it, it, it's just, I don't know. It's it's cool how you start to realize that it's not, you don't have to be perfect. You no. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to be dead on with exposure every time. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it does help when you're shooting things like ectochrome and, you know, or you want to absolutely perfect perfectly exposed photo like yeah Mm -hmm. of course you want to nail it on that but there's so much give and take with it definitely kind of every aspect of the i don't know man i don't know i'm just (laughs) i'm super hyped it's been sorry guys we took the week off i'm excited you know it's been a while since i got the nerd out about photography So do you do any, uh, this is kind of a side note, but if, remember, do you, when you shoot black and white, do you develop at home or do you usually send it out? I haven't developed at home for a long time. Um, I, when I kind of had more, more free time and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I used to go up um, and develop in Brandon's darkroom. Oh, awesome. Because um, oh, cool. he's up in San Clemente. Um, and so he kind of just would have let all of us come over and um and make clients and develop and but kind of where i've been um down here for the past few years just i haven't really had a chance like even like a place where i could like set up like a temporary dark room yeah. i know like yeah. mike caputo always used to joke like he has his dark toilet like i don't i don't, <laughs> don't even have like I, I have like no closets right like, <laughs> right um so i like i said i'm like moving up north so i'm hoping that once i like move up there and have kind of more of like a permanent spot I hopefully will be able to like set up in my own little uh, dark room spot because that would be nice. I would really like to get back into developing and also, I mean, especially just like making prints. That was like, yeah. I loved doing that. So, yeah, I got to recently go, um, I just got a tour of um, Rob's Safe Light Labs down in San Diego. Yeah. Have you? I haven't sh- been yet. I need to go down there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's before you leave, you should definitely yeah. try and check it out because I mean Rob's doing it was it was an awesome experience especially like I hadn't been in the in like a real darkroom like that Mm -hmm. since photography school wow so it was I I was crazy because he was giving me I was like I don't remember how to do this (laughs) to help me with every step because I just forgot it all it's been almost I mean it's been 15 years which is crazy so yeah I'm sure it all came back it did (laughs) it's like riding a bike it did yeah exactly (laughs) yeah but cool okay so Hard questions. Mm-hmm. We have <laughs> our favorite part of the show because we like to make our, our guests think about this uh-huh. one. Yeah. So if you had to pick, this is kind of funny, a desert island camera. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh, perfect. <laughs> one camera that you could you can't live without, what would it be and why? It would probably be an Iconos 3 just because that is what I am so comfortable with at this yeah. point and that feels like an extension of me. Um, but, you know, my other thing is like the or 
original Nikonis camera was a Calypso. So, and if, if you guys haven't mm. seen one of those, you should look up. They're beautiful. They like are, they only made like a certain number of them. And that was the one that Jacques Cousteau designed. Oh, um, no kidding. Yeah. So obviously super cool. So in, you know, in my, in my dreamland, probably that camera, but I've never actually shot one. So I wouldn't want to really strand myself with something that I've never shot before. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the Nikonis three. <laughs> Good, Good answer. answer. Good answer. So we do have a second part of this question. Mm-hmm. It is, what do you don't own that you're kind of your white whale? What are you lusting after? Mm-hmm. What did you say it'd be that? Probably that. Yeah. 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 What's it called? A Calypso? It's called a Calypso. A Calypso. Um, yeah. I f- so I feel it's like I've kind of an that. interesting history. So yeah, Jacques Cousteau designed it with a guy who probably knew more about um, mechanical engineering than he did. Um, and <laughs> that was like kind of the camera that Nikon saw um, and was like, we want that. Mm. Um, and they kind of stuck with his design for the two and the three. And then Nikon redesigned it and then, then made the four, the five. And then there is an RS as well, which I don't know if do you guys have you guys heard about that camera um so that's kind of a crazy camera too so that one i mean it looks like a dslr it's bigger um it has these like crazy lens i mean it has autofocus which is you know oh no kidding Uh, (laughs) game changer i know right but the crazy thing is the lenses that are on that camera underwater photographers basically have figured out that there is nothing sharper than those the lenses on that camera mm. um and so they've spent like thousands of dollars adapting those lenses to go on um digital cameras mm. <laughs> um because it's like you don't yeah when you just have water on glass it's so much sharper like you can't really replicate that with anything that's in a housing Interesting. Um, yeah so they're these like crazy lenses that i mean they i think they i'm trying to think when they stopped making them probably late 90s early 2000s and they really haven't been able to get anything close to it so yeah people spend like thousands and thousands of dollars say, wow. what do they what do they go for what do the cameras go for those ones th- i mean thousands wow um yeah i think brandon has two of them which no, I'm, trying kidding. To, <laughs> I'm trying to i, I have to go I, he has said that i can um try it out i think he wants to um pressure test it before i get my hands on yeah, it and yeah. potentially destroy it so he's gonna pressure test it and then he says that i can uh take it for a swim so i'll let you guys know i'm excited yeah, <laughs> yeah once you, that's the thing once you like a couple of my white whale cameras i haven't shot which i think is like good because then i'll be like don't <laughs> yeah. know what i'm missing i don't need to like once i shoot it i feel like i'll be like i need yeah. to own it yeah mm-hmm. well no i know like at the paideia like phil had I, it was like a medium format version of a x-pan did oh, you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, I didn't even know that existed, but now I need yeah. that thing. And I was like looking at it <laughs> online. I was like, well, okay, not really in my budget right now, yeah. but maybe we'll add it to the list. Yeah, those things are crazy. I can't yeah. believe he whipped that. I mean, just an X-Pan in itself yeah, know, is like a work of art and a dream yeah. of mine. But then to whip something out like that, like, come on. Yeah, I think you could get like, it's what, two two frames per roll on mm-hmm. 120? Yeah, right. yeah. Well, but I think it's like six by seventeen. I think is what yeah, it is, something or something. Crazy. Yeah, wow. yeah. You literally get two or three shots yeah. per roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wild. Well, all good answers. That was yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> how many? How many Nikonoses do you have? Uh, I just envision you having like a like a triangle tower of them, like in your I living wish. room or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think right now I have three. Um, three. Okay. So okay. I have two threes and a five. Yeah, and the five is 
it's it's working it's actually it's not one that i killed but it um, <laughs> needs a new battery and the like the easiest way to kill one of those is changing the battery and not fixing they're not like screwing in the battery compartment incorrectly so mm. i have to bring that up to brandon and have him do it because i don't trust myself to change yeah. the battery <laughs> now do you have to have a battery to use that like is it or can you still do like no. so for the five i don't actually know who it is with the four but i know with the five um you can shoot it without a battery and it the shutter speed goes i think it's 190th okay um mm. and it just yeah goes to that so you can yeah you can definitely shoot it that for what i do isn't really functional mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> shooting in the water at 190th like i the kind of slowest i shoot is probably one like one 125th is like pushing it mm. really that's like if i'm like like really still yeah yeah yeah, yeah unless yeah. i mean like i like some you can do some really cool slow shutter stuff especially with like, with surfing oh yeah um, but sure. Yeah, it's a. <laughs> man, that's gonna be so <laughs> hard floating there yeah, and holding say, a kit. Man, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get really good with your buoyancy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> for for real. Yeah, and I want to move. <laughs> I've been telling you to move out here, man. I know. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm already too far away from my mom, and I miss her. I can't. <laughs> well, that's a good reason. To stay. I'm a baby. <laughs> I'm trying to convince my mom right now to to follow me up to NorCal, so. Yes, yes. Do it, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, cool. I was going to say, this has been been awesome. Thanks for joining us, Megan. I'm glad we got to spend a whole hour with you. I know. Thank you guys so much for having me. (laughs) Where can everybody check out your work? So my Instagram is Megan Shoots Film. Um, Pretty straightforward. And then my um, website is meganshootsfilm.com so nice. <laughs> pretty easy um, that's kind of I need to actually do a little bit of a website update um, but, same here <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah there's I have a lot of work up there I actually have a lot of my kind of landlocked work up there too so that Ooh. might be interesting for people to to see because I don't tend to post a huge amount of that on Instagram and then um, if anyone wants to reach out or has any like specific questions, I try and go through DMs, but I'm not great at them. So um, shoot me an email and it's just uh, MeganShootsFilm at gmail.com. Awesome. Yes. I love that branding across the board. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it just makes it easy for me. Yeah. Hopefully it makes yeah. it easy for other people too. How long, how long have you had Megan Shoots Film as an Instagram handle? Um, I'm trying to think. Probably four, maybe four years. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm asking because somebody, um, I didn't tell you this, Timothy, but somebody messaged me the other day and was like, hey, Chris, like, <laughs> he, said, he was like, I'm a professional photographer and I was just wondering if you wanted to sell me your Instagram handle. Oh, no kidding. Wow. And I, was like, I almost was like, hey, Chris, like, I'm a photographer too and <laughs> I'm, I'm crispy photo like on everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But I've had that handle since I first got on Instagram, which was like before it was like, huge you know wow, like yeah 2011 or 10 i think yeah um so i'm so glad i have it yeah i mean my for my um <laughs> website i i think megan barrett megan barrett or megan barrett photography i think they're both taken Ugh. because there's like a, a portrait wow. photographer up in montana who has it so that's why i ended up i was like oh just do megan shoots film it's just easy to obviously yeah, go across the board but 
<laughs> Branding yeah. is so funny, funny. especially yeah. now that like everybody's expanding and oh, yeah. all these social networks. <laughs> Lock it's like, everything down. Yeah, I'm like, anytime a social network pops up, I'm like, I got to get crispy photo before yeah. anybody. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, Tim, where can everybody check you out? Guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Timothy Makeups. I also make film photography related YouTube videos. I'm in the process of uploading probably by the end of this week, and you can hold Yay! me to that. So probably awesome. actually by the time this is posted, I'll have a new video, and I, I'm, I'm actually kind of proud of it. Yay. So uh, <laughs> that, just go to YouTube, go to the search bar. The easiest way to find it is typing in timothy.makeups as well. It'll be there. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I've done in the past and the We Believe in Film podcast that I'm still kind of twiddling around and all that fun stuff but that's where i'm at chris where are you so i am chris b photo on twitter instagram and youtube um i will have a safe life labs tour video coming up very Ooh, soon i can't wait for that yeah it was really fun i took the train down to san diego and hung out with rob and tim and we yeah we had fun in the dark room made a print it's great um we are analog talk pod on twitter and analog talk podcast on instagram and we have a facebook page and a group and that's it Yay. Yay. Thanks, All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you again, Megan. This was awesome. Thank we'll you talk so to you much, soon. guys. Bye. 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 All right, first off, we'd like to thank Megan for being on the show. Megan, we had such a good time. It was great getting to chat and, you know, kind of catch up after the whole film Padilla thing. That was such a good time, and I'm still, like, living in that memory all the time, as I'm sure everybody who was there is. It was just a blast, but, it, you know, it was cool getting to hear about how, how many cameras you have and, and your water photography and knowing that you shoot outside of the water. Like, such a cool idea, and you definitely have to let us know when you put a publication out. We will definitely love to help promote that and all that fun stuff. But guys, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. That is our next topic to discuss. We have a bunch of tiers over there. There's some, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? There's some kind of extra show content over there. We did an after show with George from Negative Feedback. If you join, you can watch that. Uh, there's also uh, print giveaways. There's uh, all kinds of stuff that we're doing over there. So head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. Check it out. Join. All the patrons that already, that already help support the show, we appreciate you guys so much. All right, guys, that's it. We'll see you next week with an all-new guest. Later. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.